The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I want to tell you a beautiful story. Chaim Berlin has a camp in the summer. It's called Camp Morris. It's a beautiful camp up in the Catskill Mountains. And Chaim Berlin goes there. Svardik Yeshiva goes there. And there's, it's just, it's a beautiful Makam Tara situated on a very large piece of land, very flat. Guys learn outside in the grass. They learn in the base medrash, a beautiful base medrash. And they, it's a, it's a magnificent camp. If you ever go up to the country in the summer, it's Kedai just, uh, ways Camp Morris and just walk into the base medrash. You'll be very impressed. In Camp Morris, there's a, in the base medrash, there's a Kailo for Machanchim. It's been there for decades and decades. Which means that if there are Abayim that in the summer they are not teaching their classrooms, and these are accomplished themselves, or they're maybe teaching in the mountains in a, in a camp, but in the afternoon they want to go and learn in a kailal, then they get paid to learn in a kailal, and they're able to, to learn with chavrusas on a very high level, and it's a beautiful thing to be able to, to behold this chash of a kailal. There was certain rabbi in the yeshiva that was part of this kailal. He was a rabbi in a certain yeshiva in Brooklyn, and he joined this kailal. And then he noticed that there was a balabayas that was learning every day. He was coming into the base madrash. He clearly looked like he was a novice in learning. He brought his art scroll, Gemara, and he was trying his best to learn, and he was reading the art scroll on the top, on the bottom. And whenever he had questions, he would go over to this rabbi or that rabbi, and he was very much, you know, trying, and he was, he felt very good about himself. And one day this rabbi was a rabbi, he, he started engaging in the, with this balabayas in conversation. What's your story? What are you doing here? And he explained to him that he never had a chance to learn yeshiva. And he's off in the summer, and now he, but he said, I have a very late stage cancer, Leolenu. I'm dying. So, so I want to be able to hop around like a little bit, of learning, I, you know, it's my last chance in this world to be able to learn, and I have this opportunity, so I'm living, you know, in the country here. In the summer, I figured I would come get an art school Gemara, and it's so nice to learn every day, I'm, you know, getting my feet wet with Gemara, and if I can't understand what the art school is saying, I go to one of these accomplished Tamid HaChamim, and it's very, very enjoyable, and I'm thriving here, this is unbelievable. A couple of weeks later, this Rebbe is looking for this Balabayas, and he's not in the normal place that he would sit, but he sees him on the far end of the base medrash, and he looks very despondent, very depressed. And he makes a beeline over to him, and he says, how you doing? What's wrong? Everything okay? You don't look so good. He says, you know, I started off very strong this summer, and I came, and I got my arts gogumara, and I was trying, and I was talking to you and learning, and I was talking to him. and I, But then I realized that, what does it matter what I'm learning? Does it really, really matter if I learn? You know, I don't even understand what Art Scroll was writing on the bottom. And then, you know, then I go to you and I hardly understand what you're saying to me and explaining this. And like, and you know, what is this? In other words, I'm like, the suffix started getting into his brain and saying like, what's this worth? I'm sure we have these thoughts also sometimes. Is it really worth it? Like, does it really matter if I hop this Tysis or I don't hop? If I go to share, if I don't go to share, if I understand every kutza shal yud or not, like, okay, listen, what's, it's not going to make a big deal. Maybe for big, it matters. But for me, it doesn't matter. And this is what this man was saying. And he was like very depressed, which is what Suffolk does to a person. 
which is exactly what Haman, what Amalek loves. So this Rebbe said, I want you to know something. I heard just last night on a Jewish radio station the following story, and I think it's very apropos to what you're going through. And he says like this, there was a, a very famous conductor. His name was Toscanini. Toscanini is a very, you know, in the world of, of, of Philharmonic music, everybody knows Toscanini. He was like the, like the greatest conductor of, of orchestras in his time. I think he died in like the 1950s. And there was a biographer that was writing a big book on him, Bechayev. And he called him up, this Toscanini, and he said, listen, I, I want to have another interview with you for your book. And would tonight be okay for us to, to meet? Toscanini says, no. He says, tonight is not a good night. Uh, we have to do it another night. He says, will you have something more important to do? What it was like, you know, he was crying a little bit. What do you have to do tonight? So he says, tonight, there's a very big concert that's being played overseas in a foreign country. And I used to be the conductor of that particular Philharmonic Orchestra. And I have to hear on my shortwave radio, I have the ability to pick up that concert in real time, which was a chiddish back then, in the 1950s, you know, that wasn't so common. He's able to hop it on short, shortwave radio, if you know what that is. And I want, I have to hear it very carefully. I can't be distracted at all. I have to just sit and listen with all of my concentration on this concert. So this was fascinating to the biographer. He says, if I don't talk, would it be okay if I come and I, and I observe you, the great Tuscanini, listening to the concert? He says, if you promise not to say a word, not to distract me, fine. Otherwise, come tomorrow night, but not tonight. He says, okay, I'm coming tonight. So he drives over to his house and he comes and the concert's about, he says, remember, you cannot say a word. I'm listening with all of my concentration to the concert. You can't disrupt me at all. Don't talk. Don't breathe. Okay. And Toscanini gets it on the shortwave radio and he's listening for the entire concert. Maybe it took an hour, maybe more. And then afterwards, he shuts off the radio and the biographer asks him, Beautiful. Now, wasn't that a beautiful concert? And Toscanini was very bothered. Something was bothering Toscanini. And he says, no, something is very wrong. So he said, well, what's wrong? He says, there's 120 pieces in this orchestra, and there's supposed to be 13 violins, but there was only 12 violinists. There was one violin that was missing, and I couldn't get over it. That it bothered me so much that there was one violin out of 120 pieces, he chapped that there was one, one violinist that was not playing, that was not there. And the biographer was like, come on, give me a break. You don't, that's impossible. You, you don't know that. It's just, you just made that up, right? He says, I'm telling you, there was one violinist that was missing, and it bothered me. So the next day, this biographer calls up that concert hall in, you know, in that foreign country, and he said, yes, I have to speak to the conductor there. and." He comes and he says, tell me, was all of the orchestra players there? He says, all none but one. There was one violinist that had, he called in sick a few minutes before the concert started. We could not replace him. And it was missing one violinist. This guy was, was in the spell that Toscanini was able to chop this. So he comes back to Toscanini and he says, you know, he says, oh, you, you know, you have to give me a cup. I doubted you. I doubted you. I didn't think it was shy for a human being to know on a 
It wasn't like you were even at the concert, that you were counting pieces or that you were in a side room. You could hear it was on a, on a transistor radio, on a shortwave radio, that it's crackly as it is. It wasn't, the technology wasn't there that you can get like perfect sounds. And you were able to hop that there was one piece missing. How did you know that? How is it possible for your ear to pick that up even? He says, you have to understand. He says, the difference between me and you, you are an audience. You're part of the audience. So for your audience, they're just basically happy. If they get the, you know, they know that, that this is Beethoven and it's being played and whatever, they're, they give a standing ovation. They don't care. They just, they don't hop what's missing. They just, it sounds good to the, to the novice ear. It sounds fine. I'm a conductor. To me, every single note has to be heard. It has to be played or else my job is not done. I have to make sure that every note that Beethoven had in mind, that Mozart had in mind, is played. And if there's one note that's missing, that means that there's a missing violin player. There's one violin that's not there, that's not sounding that note. And that makes all the difference to me in the world. That's the story that he had heard on the radio. He said, I want you to know something. He says, maybe to you, says this Rebbe to this, to this Balabayas, maybe to you, you feel that there are people that, you know, that are able to be much better than you in learning and they're steiging and they're hopping everything and they're giving, they're understanding share, they're giving share, they're hazarding and they're able to have a smother. And they're, those are the people that count. And you're learning on a very basic superficial level is irrelevant in the scheme of things. He says, that's only true from your perspective. He says, but from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's perspective, every single note counts. Every word that you're learning, as difficult as it is, and maybe even precisely because it's so difficult, it's Chashiv HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the conductor of the world. You might have your doubts, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu, rest assured, is able to listen to every single word. Every single Rashi, every Taisis, every letter that you're learning in Taira is chashuv by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, like Tuskaninu is able to pick up on every note. That's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu picks up on every ice, every letter of Taira that we learn is chashuv to the Philomonic of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. A half a year later, this rabbi bumps into the son of this man, and he asks, how is your father feeling? says, my father was Nifter a few weeks ago, but I want you to know something. He said, since camp ended, he was on such a high from something that you had told him, and every single day of his life until his last day, he was learning Gemara with his art scroll, and he said, he kept saying with such confidence that I am learning for the conductor of the universe. I am learning Tyra for the conductor of the universe. When a Amalek comes into our minds and puts these doubts, plants these seeds of doubt, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. Does it really matter if I wake up in the morning for davening? Does HaKadosh Baruch Hu really care that I'm there or not? Does he care if I put on tzitzis today or not? Does he care about my tefillin or not? Does he care about my limanat tayra? Does he care about my chesed? Does he care about my benadam l'chaver, benadam l'amakim? Does it really matter? Look at all the good Jews out there. There are big tzaddikim out there. They're doing their job. I don't know. If, I don't think it matters what I'm doing. I'm such a, my level of learning is in Chashev. I'm not a big tzaddik. I have Yitzhara up to the wazoo. I, not to me, it's, what is it worth? That's Amalek. The way that we fight Amalek is we kasher the suffix. You have a doubt? Okay. Stay strong. 
learn Musr, fake it till you make it, get up in the morning and daven, go to Seder and learn, and continue to understand that there is a Rabbi Islam, and whether or not today is a good day or not, I'm going to kasher the Suffolk. That's the job of a Yid. It's not to say we always have to be perfect. It's not to say that we can never have Sveikas in our minds. We have Sveikas, and Amalek will, will try to really compound the Sveikas and make us crazy until we want to like just lose it and drop it and, and just run. But on Purim Cotton, we have to remind ourselves that that's Haman, that's Hamalek, that's not Tyredic. That's exactly what we're not supposed to do. What we are supposed to do is we have to be machsher the suffolk. We have to make the suffolk kosher. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.